0: I'll say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow, now he's there. Anybody
2: wants to get mellow, you can turn around and get the fuck out of here, alright? This is the Trunk Nation podcast, podcast with host Eddie Trunk.
1: Hey folks, it's Eddie Trunk and welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk podcast new every Thursday wherever you get your podcast including now available on Stitcher, on Pandora and for subscribers via SiriusXM free as always on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the places you get your podcast. Thank you for subscribing, thank you for listening and joining me each and every Thursday. As I always tell you, the interviews you hear on this podcast originated on my SiriusXM radio show. Please join me for Trunk Nation Monday through Friday, talk and rock with you live on volume, Sirius XM channel 106, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, daily, nightly reairs 10 to midnight Eastern, full shows, anything you want, anytime you want, available to you on the Sirius XM app. This week on the podcast, a bit of a double dip, kind of a triple dip, actually. We're going to start with a call-in from Ace Freely. And John Five. Now, this happened on the 27th of April, which, if you know your history, was the 70th birthday of Ace Freely. On my radio show that day, I dedicated it to Ace and I called it Seven for 70. And I had fans call in and tell me their top seven Ace Freely or Ace Freely Kiss songs. It was a really fun show, got a tremendous amount of response. And it was a great way to celebrate Ace's 70th birthday, which we did do, of course, on that day. John Five, who is also a good friend and a huge Kiss fan, also called in his seven favorite Ace songs with Ace on the Line, as you're about to hear. Now, this entire show was a lot of fun. And if you want to hear all the callers calling in their seven greatest Ace songs, obviously, if you have Sirius XM, like I said, go find the show on the app if you missed it and enjoy it all over again. Here on the podcast, I'm going to bring you just the segment where Ace and John were both on the phone and called in. Obviously, uh, you know, Ace shares some great and funny stuff about Kiss and shares some insights and some stories. So it's always good to hear from the one and only Ace Freely and this time hearing from him on what was his 70th birthday. And I think you'll enjoy that. Even though it's a couple weeks after the fact, it's still fun and always great to hear from Ace And super fan and good friend as well, John Five. So that is first. And then second on the podcast this week, Zach Wild. Zach and Black Label Society are releasing a gargantuan box set that features all the Black Label Society albums to date in one huge box set. I think it's called None More Black. And if you're on the vinyl kick, many people know if you're a regular listener. I am not. I am still 100% a CD guy. But if you're on the vinyl kick and you're a BLS fan, getting this box set may be of great interest to you. Zach, as usual, is uh, the consummate non-salesman. <laughs> and just has fun with me on the conversation you'll hear second today. I mean, I've known Zach forever, and he's always fun to talk to. And we get into a little stuff about Ozzy in here as well that I think you're going to enjoy also. But a lot about the box set and some usual zaniness and nonsense that goes on whenever Zach and I have a chance to talk on the air. So, a couple all-time guitar legends. Ace Frehley first on his 70th birthday with John 5 hanging out And second, Zach Wilde talking about the new BLS box set and more. That's what I have for you this week on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Be sure to connect with me on social media, at Eddie Trunk. Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook. EddieTrunk.com is the official online home. Like I said, you already know about the radio show. And uh, let's get to it. Two guests, two interviews, two great guitar gods. We start with Ace with an assist from John 5, so three guitar gods on this podcast. Crazy. And then Zach Wild, second, on this week's show. Enjoy. Uh, this is too much fun today, celebrating the 70th birthday of my dear friend of 35 years, Ace Frehley. And we are celebrating with you, the fans. I, of course, am a fan as well, hearing all these great songs. We're doing the top seven Ace songs for his 70th birthday and so many great songs in our number one, the catalog. There's so many different amazing moments. It's great hearing about all of them and remembering stuff and discussing it. And uh, first up coming onto the phone with us right now is of course, when you think of ACE and you think of kiss, you always think of this guy, the great John five, uh, Johnny boy.
2: How are you, Ed? How are you?
1: I'm good. Of course, John and I were just together with Ace in Vegas a couple weeks ago for his birthday dinner. Now, John, I am going to bring Ace on the line with us right now, and you will have to tell him your favorite seven songs. No pressure, John. Ace, are
3: you there, buddy?
1: No pressure. Ace, do we have
3: you? You got me. I'm here. Hello, everybody. Happy birthday, buddy. Uh, It's just a number. (laughs) That's what everybody keeps telling me.
1: How did you feel when you got out of bed this morning at 70 years old? I still had the same aches and pains I normally get.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You know, growing old's a bitch. But, you know, uh, mentally, I still think like I'm 25. So, you know. You know, there's a conflict of interest there. But, you know, I've, I've been working out, uh, watching my diet. You know, I dropped 25 pounds since the last time I've been on stage. So uh, I'm, I'm ready to rock, you know. Hopefully, you know, this fall I'll be back out
1: on the road. I told you when I saw you in Vegas a couple weeks ago, I said you look like you're ready for the Kiss costume, man. You look like you could fit right into it right now.
3: Yeah, well, you know, I you know. They're working with Tommy and I'm having fun with my band, you know, whatever happens, happens. I play, I, you know, I live life one day at a time.
1: No, but what I'm saying is just from a physical standpoint, I mean, if, yeah. if they, I mean, just in terms of your, your condition, if they came to you tomorrow and said you had to put that thing on, you could, you could wear it, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, just,
3: I got off the phone with Peter Chris about an hour ago. Peter was nice enough to give me a, a sweet call, him and his lovely wife, Gigi. And uh, so that was nice. I haven't heard from uh, Paula Jean, and I probably won't, but that's okay. You know, I might get a text. But, you, you know, really, we're, still it's on, still... we're still on good terms. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, they're just a little more distant than, like, me and Peter's relationship. That's
1: all. Yeah, and it was always like that, wasn't it, even back in the day?
3: Yeah, me and and Peter used to pair off because, you know, we were the two party animals, you know, in the 70s. So, uh, you know, Gene would go his way, you know, and uh, Paul would go his way. And me and Peter ended up, you know, hanging out with either with like, you know, when we were touring with Chief Trick, we'd end up in Chief Trick's room or they'd end up in our room you know, and uh, so on and so forth. You know, it was that kind of scene.
1: Did you see... Well, I know you see, you saw it because I sent it to you just a few minutes ago. Uh, it's every, This is making the rounds today <laughs> on social media. Everybody wishing you, you a happy me. birthday, but using the photo of your stunt double from Kiss Meets the Phantom, which is so clearly I, uh, not you. It's hysterical.
3: <laughs> it's so obvious that the gentleman is a black man, but a very nice guy. And he was actually the most athletic of the four stuntmen i mean i don't think any of the other three could could have done flips like he did he was like a gymnast
1: did did you so you met him on the set like when you met him and saw him did you say to anybody or the director like he does i don't think people are gonna buy that that's me
3: well, I mean, you know, when it comes to doing flips and stuff, you know, they don't focus in on your face. It's more of a, you know, a body shot. So I wasn't too concerned about that. But, you know, because I I had a disagreement with the director and took off the day that they were shooting, we were shooting inside the uh, Chamber of Horrors, uh, they had to use him because I wasn't available and, you know, thank God I came back like a gentleman and apologized to the producer. And, and you know, we, uh, you know, made friends again and everything was cool. But uh, they used him and it, it was really obvious that it wasn't me. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know how they <laughs> tried to pull that off. I guess, they, you know, they needed me in the scene. So, you know, they didn't have another another double. So uh, they used him.
1: John, jump in here. You remember watching Kiss Meets the Phantom? Did you, did you
2: have any idea that was an Ace? Oh my God! First of all, Ace, happy birthday, and uh, thank you, John. Of course. Um, oh my God! Yeah, I remember. It was. I think it was October twenty eighth. They premiered it, and I was watching this, and I loved it. And I was like, "Wow, look at Ace do flips and everything." <laughs> you know, I was. I was only uh, eight years old and I was like, wow, this is amazing. He can play guitar and he can do flips and everything. I had no idea. I just thought he was like a superhero, you know, because I was so young. So, (laughs) you know, I I really thought it was Ace. I was like, this is incredible.
3: (laughs) I know, like for years after that movie was released, people used to say, did you study gymnastics in high school? (laughs) And I said, no, that was the stunt double. You know, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to bowl. You know, you know, I always like to tell the truth. Honesty is the best policy.
1: Uh, Ace, did you get a <laughs> chance to plug in that guitar that, uh, for people that don't know, we had a wonderful birthday dinner the, uh, with Ace a couple weeks ago in Vegas. And, John, you gave Ace a beautiful Telecaster. Ace, did you get to plug that in yet? Oh,
3: I plug. you know, I plugged it in. I have an old friend of Harvard, a good friend of mine, Matt Swanson, gave me. And uh, it's, it's worth ten, fifteen thousand dollars 15000 easily. It's in one of those old Tweed amps from the 50s. And I plugged that into the Harvard, and it sounded amazing. It oh, amazing, well, happy I birthday. mean, the way Appreciate that you. it rang out. And, John, thank you so much for setting the action high, because you know I like high action.
2: I know you do. I know you do. And, you know, yeah. thank you for all of the amazing music and you just changed the world and influenced millions and millions of people. So thank you and happy birthday.
3: My yeah. no t- you know, I think, fig- I forget sometimes how many, how much I've influenced people, you know, around the planet, you know, it's something I don't think about very often, but then when people remind me, I go, yeah, I guess I did, you know, <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, look, man, I mean, I've been doing radio for 38 years. And I mean, every day I'm interviewing people and every day your name will come up seemingly when we talk to guitar players. One of the reasons I picked up the guitar was Ace or I heard this or I saw Ace do this. So it's yeah, it just keeps going and going and going, crossing over to all different genres. And today, when we're hearing all of this uh, these songs that people are calling in from your catalog, It's amazing how big the catalog is right now, Ace, and I'm sure you know this when you try to do a set list for your own shows because we're having people calling in everything from – Stuff from your last couple records, and then all the way things back to *Parasite* and *She* and *Strange Ways*. I mean, it's just a vast amount of material, and you're still making music. I mean, you're you're by far the most active member of the original Kiss in terms of recording and putting out records. So the catalog is incredible. How many albums I,
3: have I put out in the last uh, since 2009? Five or six? I can't even remember. Uh, I want to you know, say six.
2: You want to well, yeah, say six.
3: six? Yeah, it's either five or six. What? A, you got a handle on that, John?
2: <laughs> I don't. Not right now. I'm sitting in my car, but I I think it might be six. Car. Are you still on that B, are you, you still have that BMW with the
3: gold wing doors? That was awesome. Yep, I
2: still got it. <laughs>
3: It's funny because Laura saw, uh, we were watching a movie, a new movie. It was William Shatner. And uh, this chick takes a, William Shatner out on on a driving course because he had his license suspended in Palm Springs. And it was the same car you pulled up into my house, the front of my house with. And I go, that's the car John has.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I still got
3: it. It's cool. It's cool. But, you know, I, I just want to say to the people that are listening and for the people that have heard uh, the Beatles song that me and John worked on, I'm Down. John got that solo in one take. He wasn't fooling around that day. He just walked in, plugged in, and did it. It Boy, was painless.
2: He... <laughs> the reason I play guitar and the reason I got into gymnastics is you, Ace, and Thank you very much. Gymnastics? <laughs> gymnastics. <laughs> you can do the back flips, John. <laughs> From the from the from the Phantoms movie, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me. So so Ace, so your album that picture
3: John sent me a picture of what the first time he met me when he was fifteen years old. I didn't realize you were that young in that photo, John. I know. I was I was I was
2: young. I mean well,
3: well, Where was boy, that had...
2: photo taken? We that was you taken remember? backstage at um I forget where it was. Somewhere in Detroit. I snuck backstage. I was like, I lost, you know, like I'm lost or whatever. I just made up some story. And I was That's like, the hey, kind of I, stuff love you. I used to do That's how I ended up roading for Jimmy Hendrix. <laughs> See, it works.
3: Yeah, it works.
1: So Ace, <laughs> well, you know, Ace in, in the, the two, 70s. The,
3: in, in the 70s, the the the, uh, the security wasn't as tight as it is today. Today, you need a special oh, yeah. laminate. You need this. You need a sticker. You know, you gotta have. You know, it, it's crazy. Back back in the 70s, you could sneak backstage easily if you looked the part and you had a good rap.
1: So Ace, <laughs> you have you have uh, five five albums released in the 2000s. You've got. Anomaly in oh nine, Space Invader twenty fourteen, Origins one in sixteen, spaceman in eighteen, and then Origins two last year. So it's actually five.
3: Okay. Well I knew it was either five or six, but I'm working on the six right now in my home studio and uh I'm really excited about working on my new studio. No one has seen photos of it yet, but soon I'm going to release some photos of it because it looks like a spaceship, and you guys have seen it, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, it's incredible. I I don't want to release it until I get some professional photographer to take pictures of it.
1: All right, so Ace, let me ask you this, because I don't want to keep you, and all these people want to call in their favorite songs from you today as we're celebrating your birthday the whole time here on my show. But when you look at, and we're going to hear John's uh, list of his favorite seven here in a second, but when you look at your own career and your own history and you think back, do you feel there's a definitive song in your career, whether it was with Kiss or Solo? Is there is there one or two or three songs for you that you think are are definitive for you?
3: Well, I mean, when people talk about what are some of my favorite Kiss songs, I mean, you know, Deuce comes to mind immediately because that was the first song that Paul and Gene played for me when I auditioned for Kiss. And we weren't even called Kiss at the time. We didn't even have a name. But they, you know, they they played Kiss, I mean, Deuce rather, and said, when it comes to the solo section, just let go, you know? And I just played every riff I knew and did like a, a... two-minute solo, and uh, I think that cinched the deal right then and there. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, Strange Ways is a, held a special place in my heart because that was a one-take solo, and it's such a far-out solo that, uh, you know, it's one of my favorite guitar solos. And Shock Me, of course, is a special song to me because it was my first lead vocal. I remember performing it at Madison Square Garden the very first time I sang it live.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's, it's obviously for me, it was my number one in terms of just the iconic Ace songs on my personal seven. All right, John, run down your list of your seven with Ace on the phone. And then if Ace wants, he can give you a, a little critique of your list.
2: Okay. My number seven is dark light off the elder. I got it when it came out and the solo just blew my mind. I was just like, in awe of, uh, dark light. Incredible. Um, I'm going to go yeah. number six. I'm going to go strange ways.
1: Wait, wait, John, let me stop you there. Cause I want to jump in. Cause I want to get something from Ace on dark light. Cause it came up a few times. Ace, you've said many times that when it came to the elder, obviously you were unhappy with the record. And that one of the reasons why was you had recorded a bunch of lead guitar and extra guitars that didn't make it on the elder. Right.
3: Well, you know, there's a lot of solos that didn't make it because I did a lot of different takes and I have all of them. So, you know, they may be released uh, down the road when I do a compilation record or, you know, a box set. But, uh, you know, one thing I wanted to say about the solo in Darklight, I recorded that up in Canada not in my studio in Connecticut, where a lot of people think most of The Elder was recorded. We recorded a lot of The Elder in my studio in Connecticut, and then Bob Ezrin, the producer, decided he wanted to record the rest of it in his basement up in uh, Toronto. And that's where that song uh, was recorded. So, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's a great record. I just think it was the wrong record for the time. You know, I don't have anything against the album. I just think the timing was bad. If Creatures of the Night, you know, somebody asked me at Billboard, if Creatures of the Night would have came out after, uh, instead of The Elder, you know, would you have left the group? And I said, maybe not, because Creatures of the Night is a much heavier, you know, rock and roll record. And I think it was more of uh, what the fans were
1: expecting from us. Yeah, the crazy so, but, thing you know, about you dark. You can't
3: turn back the clock. What what John right. done, done, you know.
1: The crazy thing about that dark light solo too is that's maybe the fastest I've ever heard you play, John. Would you agree? Is that like the fastest? That was like the most f- speed you ever heard I've, we ever heard Ace play with up to that
2: point. I I mean I remember I can see myself in my living room listening to that and being like shocked. No pun intended, but it was unbelievable i was like oh my god oh my god and you know of course i was such a kiss fan uh my first record was love gun so i listened to everything but then it just upped it you know the solo was just unbelievable and the speed and everything i i just i love that song and i love that solo so yeah that's definitely my number seven
1: all right so six
2: was what strange ways
3: seven days when the powder was flowing, if you know what I mean, need I say more?
2: <laughs> Strange Ways was six, right, John? Yes, yeah, Strange Ways was six. I mean, so heavy, great solo. Um, it sounds like there's a octave effect on the, uh, you know, guitar a little bit on the solo. I, I just incredible. Oh. That feel is just. Nobody can play that like you, Ace. I mean, that is just unbelievable. Thank you. Um, My number five, Fractured Mirror, of course. I mean, one of the most beautiful, you know, instrumentals of all time. Just unbelievable, unbelievable. My number four is Parasite. Now, I remember talking to Ace and he said, you know, I'm going to do Origins and should we do Parasite? And I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, this is crazy. This is crazy. So Parasite number four, unbelievable. And thank you, Ace, for having me on that. Um, Yeah. Well, you, you ended
3: up, we ended up doubling the length of the solo and you did the second half and you did your interpretation, which was fabulous. And I think the fans appreciated that version.
2: Yeah. It's, 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 it's such a, a great, great, great song. That's Um, also Monique's favorite song. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. Number three is Rip It Out. Um, Number two is Rocket Ride. And number one, of course, Shock Me.
1: Yeah, Shock Me's the all-time classic. I think that's my number 1. Ace my list just real quick so I run it down is I had Rock Soldiers at 7 cuz I, you know, that's when I started working with you and that to me was a really important song cuz it was reestablishing you after Kiss. You know, that was really that yeah, was really it was a big co- anthem
3: by Chip Taylor, you know, John Voight's brother. You know, Chip Taylor, the guy who wrote Wild Thing and Angel yeah. of Morning.
1: Yeah, and So We had well, a
3: lot of fun writing that song, and believe it or not, when we wrote that song, we wrote the music, and we wanted it to be an anti-drug song, and we didn't come up with rock soldiers until after the music had been recorded, and I remember Chick, Chip walking into the recording studio, he must have been listening from outside, and we, we didn't have the, the lyrics for the chorus, and all of a sudden, Chip comes walking in into the studio, and he's going... Rock soldiers come. It just came to him. It was like a flash, and uh, it worked perfectly.
1: So, rock soldiers at seven. Uh, one of the ones that's come up a bunch that I love from uh, Dynasty is Hard Times, which also was you know kind of autobiographical at the time. Do you remember that one on Dynasty?
3: Oh yeah, that that was a fun song, and Anton did an amazing drum part on that. Yeah. That's a hard that's a hard song to play on the drums.
1: Uh number 5 Parasite, number 4 Strange Ways, number 3 Rip It Out, number 2 Rocket Ride, number 1 Shock Me. And real quick, Ace, there's another song from Dynasty that's come up a lot. Uh, from from some people before you guys were on, and that's Save Your Love, which also has an incredible guitar solo. You you really, I mean, when you look at the Dynasty and and the Unmasked albums, even though they were a different direction and more on the pop side, those were records where, for the first time, you really had equal amount of songs to Paul and Gene. You really had a lot going on on those records. What was that record
3: that uh, somebody told me there was one album, Kiss album, where I had more songs than Gene on?
1: dynasty unmasked dynasty. no dynasty you have three wrote, on dynasty I I had and he has two and gene only had two right yeah dynasty yeah i guess he was
3: too busy with Cher or diana ross
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what the
3: great one keep, is torpedo they girl. can keep you oh, busy
2: <laughs>
1: <Gals>. <laughs> torpedo girl torpedo girl came up a lot too john
2: Oh, I love Torpedo Girl. Man, what a riff. I played I play bass on that as well. And then the you other know, one. Wait, from wait a the, minute. The bass is like you a counterpoint to the guitar riff. Excuse me? Oh. That, that <laughs> like, bass line is so funky.
3: Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I, I just. I wanted to play a bass part that would be like a counterpoint to the guitar. If I didn't want to do a simple thing, I wanted to do something kind of catchy but different, and somehow it it sits right. Um, you know, it was perfect. just one of those nutty songs that turned out. You know, I was Vinnie Ponzi produced it, and he let me. He gave me free reign, and we had a lot of fun doing it.
1: All right, Ace. So last thing I got to ask you this: this is this is a this has come up. A couple people have done these impressions. The legend of you think of all the classic Ace moments outside of the music. One, of course, is the legendary Tom Snyder interview when Gene and Paul just... (laughs) looked at you with such disdain as you and Tom were crack and Peter cracking up. One of the great moments ever. What I always was wondering about that. We all saw everything that aired, but when the cameras stopped and that interviewed end ended, what happened? Did Paul and Jean say anything to you? Did you and Tom Snyder, like I got this vision of you and Tom Snyder and Peter hanging out and opening champagne. What happened when the interview ended? Well, I mean, you know,
3: Initially, when I started kind of monopolizing the interview, Paul and Gene were a little put off. But if you notice towards the end, they kind of joined in because they realized it was futile to try to fight me because Tom had taken such an interest in talking to me (laughs) instead of them. So, uh, you know, I mean, it it was a lot of fun. After the show, you know, Tom knocked on my dressing room and came in and wanted to meet me without the makeup. And uh, we got along famously, you know. He was a great. He was a great uh, television host. I'm, you know, it's a shame his show got canceled. I thought he was a really talented interviewer.
1: Yeah, the greatest what was the greatest. Was no, line? There
3: was no negative vibes after it. I mean, you know, everybody had fun, and I think everybody realized it was a successful show, no, no matter who was featured in it. You know,
1: was the greatest line something like, "I'm really a plumber. I got a joint." <laughs>
3: You can work on. <laughs> I have no idea where that stuff comes from it. You know, I just like <laughs> things come just pop into my head. I never plan anything I'm going to say,
1: which always works out the best for me. You know, oh, man, too many great memories, too many great stories. <laughs> Seventy years, man. Uh, happy birthday. brother! I was really we love nervous you, when I did that show because,
3: you know, somebody said to me, millions of people are going to be watching this live. And I said, God, you know, so I'm pounding the Stovach and vodka in the limousine on the way down. But it really didn't get me too loaded because the the nervousness outweighed, you know, the alcohol. So it just just kind of relaxed me, you know, but didn't make me, you know, over the top.
1: Oh, and one other thing just hit me too, because we could go on forever, but somebody told me, speaking of Rock Soldiers, where you mentioned the DeLorean, some uh I did an interview the other day for an Eric Carr documentary. John, I know you were in it, and I think Ace you did something for it too. Yeah, and somebody told thinking. me your your DeLorean was found. The your old DeLorean somebody has and, and they they and it's still around. Did you know that? Yeah, somebody told me that. Somehow they matched up the serial numbers.
3: You know, w- what I did with my DeLorean after, uh, you know, it was made out of stainless steel and it was really hard to fix. So I told the uh, the body shop, why don't you paint a Ferrari red? And then like a couple of, after they had put the putty in to smooth out the lines of the car, I got a phone call from the, the head of the uh, body shop. And he goes, w- the paint isn't going to stick to the, uh, stainless steel, so they had to actually apply an electric current, and they had to electroplate the paint. So, I mean, my car is uh, the DeLorean. It's, it's the only Ferrari red in the world, as far as I know. But somebody found it. I sold it because I knew if I didn't sell it, you know, I'd end up having a couple of beers and driving when I shouldn't be because my license was suspended for five years, and if that was in my driveway, it was going to get me in trouble. So I got rid of it.
1: Were they good cars? There were a lot of people that told me that they were cool-looking cars, but actually, as a a car to drive, it wasn't all that great.
3: Mechanically, they weren't great. You know, I mean, probably one of the best mechanical cars I ever owned was the Porsche nine twenty-eight Competition. I mean, that car was just, you know, German German technology. You know, it had spoilers on it. I mean, that was the car that I had an accident with uh, Anton and. And you know, Anton was driving and we hit a an oak tree that was probably three feet in diameter and but that car was built with a cage around it and it saved our lives. If we would have been in a Corvette, we would have been killed.
1: Jeez. Oh, amazing. You know? So what's the uh, what's you know, the plan? It wasn't meant to be. Ace, what's the plan tonight? What do you got planned for your 70th birthday? Just a nice dinner, hanging, laying low? I'm just going out uh, to
3: dinner with Laura and the kids, you know, just just have a nice relaxing evening, you know. You know, I'm going to have a barbecue in June once the weather gets warmer, and, and, you know, and it'll be like a a belated birthday party. And hopefully I'm going to have some friends come up from Florida. I'm going to have my band come up from Nashville you know show off my new recording studio so you know it'll be a lot of fun and i'm hoping john if you're not doing anything you can fly out with your lovely wife
2: absolutely absolutely i i wouldn't miss it for the world john you can great. crash in my
1: house i got a spare room
2: okay
3: 45 minutes from me
1: yeah ace right. and i live near each other now yeah
3: that's yeah,
2: great
1: yeah, yeah. So, and, and we had a great time in Vegas, Ace. Thanks. That was a, a great time oh, a couple weeks so ago. Much
3: fun. I was telling Laura, you know, it couldn't have gone any smoother. And the food was so good. Thank you, Ronnie Mancuso. Yes, you Bootlegger know, Bistro. He, he one of the best restaurants in in, in in Vegas, you know, the Bootlegger.
1: Yeah.
3: And, uh, you know, what else can yeah. I say? It was a wonderful evening and great company. And uh, everybody got along. And, uh, I couldn't have imagined a better evening that night.
1: Yeah, it was a great time. Food was was unbelievable. Yeah, it was really great. All right, buddy. Well, listen. All my best to you. Happy birthday. We love you. We, thank you for calling in. And uh, you know, I've been—I was going through some photos today, man. The times we've had for the last thirty-five years, all over the world, all the different stuff we've done. I—I'm so grateful for it, and uh, and and our friendship. And as a fan, thank you for the music. Means a lot to me. You know how much I, how how much I love you. So, a very happy seventieth.
3: Thank you. Thank you, John. And I'd like to thank all my fans for all the input that you've given Ed today so far and all the support over the years. I never thought I was going to make it to the Big 7 0, but here I am. So, you know, I guess God wants to keep me around a little longer.
1: Now, you got plenty (laughs) of gas left in the tank, man. I know we all know you got plenty left to give us. So, thank you. All right, man. Johnny (laughs) boy, thank you. All right. John. Thanks and, for calling in.
3: Thank birthday, you, love Ed. You. Thanks for
1: having me. And, uh, God bless. All right. We'll see you soon. We'll talk, talk to you both of you guys soon. I'm sure. All right.
2: Okay. Bye-bye. See Alrighty, you. Bye-bye.
1: John five and the Thank birthday you. boy, Ace freely. What? What? I mean, come on. That's as good as it gets right there. <laughs> that is just legendary classic stuff from a true legend. And, uh, A guy that absolutely is on his way to becoming a legend, too, in John 5. Thanks to Ace Freely. Thanks also to John 5. Long great friendship with both of those guys, especially Ace, who I go back with well over 35 years at this point. And John, also one of my best buds, and great to have them both on together. And John and I, both Ace fans as well as friends of Ace. And it was great to have all of us on the line together on what you just heard, which was on his 70th birthday. If you'd like to hear that complete show, by the way, like I said, it was a full two-hour show of people calling in with their top seven A songs, grab it on the SiriusXM app if you are a subscriber, and I certainly hope you become one if you're not already, so you're getting a little taste here on the podcast of what I do on a regular basis. And it's time now to talk with Zach Wild. Zach has a new Black Label Society vinyl box set coming out. Here he is to tell us about that and more. Enjoy been a little while since i've spoken to this guy on the air we've had some fun chatting off the air via text but uh now we welcome him on the show and it is the one and only zach wild father and what's going on over there what's shaking how are you man you holding up all right yeah i'm
4: doing great buddy just uh working on a new uh black label flavor country donuts as we speak so uh working on that and i guess you know we got the the uh the none more black box set that the world hasn't been waiting for. But, uh, that's, (laughs) we got that out now. So, uh, yeah, it's just, um, no, and we're getting ready. I guess, uh, there's going to be dates. And I guess we're doing Buffalo chip. I guess we're going to be doing Sturgis, I guess in, uh, in August. And then, uh, think October, all throughout October, November in the States. And then, um, you know, Black Label Christmas, New Year's Eve run from the 26th to I think a uh, New Year's Eve show with the Arizona chapter. So, it, it I we'll see if it happens. I mean, you know, hopefully everybody's doing it, shows by then. You know, it feels and, like it. And I mean, great. there's stuff happening now. I guess they I mean, just announced Download Festival over in Europe for so, next year. Yeah, I guess so. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what it's going to be like. I mean, is everyone going to be walking around with masks on, or is is there going to be 120,000 people walking around just like usual, you know, with the, having a beer and just chilling out and having a good time. So,
1: I guess we'll see where we're at next year, but stuff is happening now. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's shows getting announced. Things are coming back online. So we're going to talk about this box set, but before we do, you mentioned the new record. You have all the guys at your studio. You, how far into it are you? Uh, we're mixing
4: it right now. So, yeah, so uh, the goose is out here, so we're at the Vatican. We're mixing it right now. So uh, we're just actually wrapping it up. Goose is going home today.
1: When do you want to get it out? This year or will it come out next year? Yeah, I think
4: it's uh, probably in November or something like that. I think that's what we're, we're planning on. You know, and then All we'll, right. then we'll start you know tour for another fifteen years on it, and it'll be a lot of good times.
1: <laughs> well, we'll do more on the new BLS record when it comes out. But as you just heard, there's one in the can, and we'll be getting it soon, and uh, and and very much looking forward to that. So, did you ever think? Did you ever envision? that in the year 2021 you would be doing promotion for a 12 album vinyl box set like you know it's amazing what's gone on with this vinyl stuff talk a little bit about what's in this box set and uh you know the the, the extra bells and whistles because the infomercial is hysterical i tweeted <laughs> it out today i loved it
4: somebody was just like oh do you have like somebody write these things for you i go no we're a bunch of idiots we just come up with them ourselves so you know yeah. but uh no the, The, I mean, all I think it was a, you know, looking at the box set, it's just like, wow, that went by pretty fast. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, I can only imagine what Oz must think, you know, from the beginning of Sabbath, when them getting in a van, getting their first, you know, making their first album to now, you know what I mean? So, cause I remember, you know, my dad, uh, when he, when he turned 80, uh you know and him being a world war ii vet d-day omaha beach all nine yards he, he, i remember him going well you can only turn 40 twice you know like that, <laughs> that was the run of joke but he was just saying when he turned when he turned 80 uh you know pops passed away when he was like 89 but i, I remember when he was 80 he was just like man where like he, he's like i don't feel like i'm 80 years old you know what i'm saying like he was just like man where would the time go and you know and then him talking about world war ii and everything like that mm-hmm normandy just saying like that doesn't seem like that long ago you know i'm sure for oz you know when 1972 with black sabbath doesn't you know he, it seems a while ago but like i'm sure he's probably like yeah i remember everything like it was yesterday so even when i first started with oz you know what i mean so it's just like when i was 19 20 years old now i'm you know now i'm 423 years old and dog years <laughs> with my liver but i mean you know so now that i'm 54 you know it just is uh yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Just looking at the box set, like, going, looking at all the records, and going, wow, that, that went by pretty fast.
1: Are you on the, are you personally on the vinyl kick? Do you still listen to vinyl, or did you get rid of it all when CDs came in, like a lot of people? No, oh, I mean,
4: yeah, I'm probably when CDs came out. I still have all, like, all my old records. I have Diary of a Madman and Blizzard, and you know, like my Zeppelin records and Sabbath records and Elton John. I, mean, I, I still have, like, a batch of my original vinyl when I was a kid. I mean, obviously all scratched up and everything like that, but, uh, yeah, I'll still, I'll still buy vinyl stuff. You know, you go on eBay or whatever and you know, find really cool records that you don't have anymore or the ones that are smashed or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, vinyl's, it's definitely cool for sure.
1: What was your first record, Zach? Do you remember the very first album you, you bought? Uh, well, I remember my first Sabbath
4: record <clears throat> was, uh, I was at the mall and I remember my mom was like, you, you know, I can get a record or whatever, you know? So, uh, i remember i got set you know i'd never heard sabbath before but i remember just had uh we sold our soul for rock and roll my mom said you could get one record and obviously it's a double album right. <laughs> in the tool bag that i am but i mean it's just uh but yeah i ended up getting that you know put the needle on beyond terrified and then uh still am but you know well but, the uh, other the other <laughs>
1: thing the other thing that's terrifying about that because i got that album too is if you the jacket opened the gatefold yeah, totally. of the woman with the girl in, the in the coffin, coffin with the, with the cross. cross that didn't go over too well when mom saw that open up on the <laughs> kitchen table <laughs> oh
4: man but uh, but it was a great it, way to
1: get into sabbath because it was a great it was a, a compilation record so it was a great way to get a cross section of all the stuff at that point
4: yeah totally i agree but uh yeah, yeah probably that that was it and then obviously i you know like most people i mean your your first record into you know like Elton John's greatest hits. And then you start getting all the rest of it. But I remember, uh, but you know, like back then you would buy records, you would see a cool album cover and you'd buy it. You know what I remember? Yeah. I remember buying, uh, Jefferson Starship, uh, red octopus just cause the album cover looked so cool. I just figured it was going to be like a metal album or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, I was like, wow, this isn't metal, <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it was just, uh, but yeah, I remember even when we talked with all our friends, I mean you would buy albums based if you saw if it had a cool album cover, Completely. you would buy the record.
1: Completely and you you can totally relate to this being a jersey guy like me. So you know how many records I got at the boardwalk in Seaside Heights on oh, the stand with yeah, the that wheel you want. And you couldn't listen to them when you want them. You just had to pick it based off of the cover. Yeah. So totally. that's how I got Heaven to he- Heaven and Hell that way, Highway oh, to Hell, wow. ACDC, because I just like, oh, I want it for a quarter. I'll take that one. And, yeah, there were times that I also thought I was getting a metal record based on the cover and got it home and found out it wasn't. But most times it, it turned me on to some great music just working off the cover.
4: Yeah, without a doubt. Totally yeah, agree.
1: so do you, do you you when you look at the BLS catalog – And all of it is on I mean, that's what Live
4: Label does. We we try to make it so you buy it because of the album cover. (laughs) And then we go under the philosophy of, like, fitness equipment. You buy it, and then you never use it, or you'll be thoroughly disappointed. And then you're just too lazy to send it back and just go through the whole nine yards. So it just sits there, and you start hanging clothes on it. But, I mean, so we go with that philosophy. You know, they'll buy it because they think the album cover looks cool. They're thoroughly disgusted. They're like, this is horrendous. And then they just go... (laughs) Maybe I'll just mail it back. It's like yeah, I'll get around to that. And they never do. So, you know.
1: Well, if you look at the if you look at the uh, infomercial Zach did for the box set, you will see in the infomercial he does show you other uses for it. Should you not want to actually listen to it, so there's plenty of, of things that you you illustrate to the the audience what you can do. Yeah, use with it as it. a
4: cutting board to make your favorite sandwich. Use it as a as a pause for your favorite. You know. <laughs> to you know, to put in your favorite flowers and stuff like that. You know, cutting board. You know, use it as an, to help you make a, an amazing hors d'oeuvre tray to, to light your friends. And <laughs> you know, jump out of your house. Use it to protect your fall. <laughs> Probably won't help, but you know, you can tell your friends you tried it. <laughs> so, so, so in addition to run the down the street with it for no apparent reason at all. <laughs>
1: In addition to the twelve BLS records that are in it, remastered vinyl, you also have uh, you also have some stuff in it. Like there, like talk about the other stuff. There's a, a patch in it. There's a bottle opener. There's an extra album in there, right? Song remains. Yeah. Well, they the say you
4: also have the Odin's Demolition Squad patch. Yeah. You, know, you put that on, and, and it just shows that you know it'll help you demolish all of life's menial tasks. And that's what I said, and that's it's also in the commercial. It's, it explains everything. You know, when you want to do the dishes, fold some laundry, vacuum the house, you know, make your bed. It, it'll be there for you. But uh, no, and then obviously the bottle opener, like, you know I mean? Still to this day, I do, you know, I hypnotize Barb with that bottle opener, just, you know, perform <laughs> mind blowing magic tricks for her. And, you know, Tell probably the like, one wow, thing I you really actually would use the guy. most.
1: It'd <laughs> <laughs> be the one thing you end up using massive, the most.
4: The massive bottle opener, she just says, I really want to be with this
1: fella i'm such a lucky girl <laughs> uh you can order this box set at nut. No, at nut, no, the box set is called none more black and you can get it at none more black that's where all the information on how to order this and i'm telling you if you're on the vinyl kick and you love vinyl this thing looks unbelievable when you go through these 12 records zach and you see these 12 records laid out do you have a favorite? When you look at the BLS career so far, can you give me one or two that jump out at you as, as significant or maybe ones you think hold up the best?
4: It would it would have to be the one that sold the most because this way I could buy Barb, you know, more flowers and more chocolates and stuff like that. And she was going I was going to leave you last week, but now that you got me some more candy, I guess I'll stick around. So I think, you know, based that's what I go on, not whether I like the record or I think there was good songs on it or anything like that. It's just whatever sold the most, so this way I can – you know, I can get her maybe, you know, a new pair of shoes or something, you know, that's what I base everything off of.
1: Which one did sell the most in the catalog?
4: Um, I have no idea. I think, I think (laughs) each one of them sold about maybe three copies. So I think, you know, it's just, I'll have to look into that. I mean, and most of the records I just gave away to friends, you know, relatives. Uh, and since I don't have that many friends, I guess it didn't sell that many. So, uh, (laughs) But anyways, you know, so Barb, I just told her, I said, hey, look at this. I got this none more black box set. What do you think about that? She goes, and why am I with you? I still don't know. (laughs) So that's why I just keep feeding her, you know, hallucinogenics until she hopefully doesn't come around. (laughs)
1: Let let me ask you this. I was a fan of the Pride and Glory record that you did, which was a precursor to BLS. Why did you make the decision all those years ago to transition from Pride and Glory and change it up and even start Black Label Society instead of just continuing that band, even if that band would have changed and evolved? Why did you decide to make a change at that point?
4: Uh, Well, I think we we did the P&G thing. We had a blast making that record with uh, with J-Mo and Brian we uh we had a blast making that and then we when we toured on that and then jmo left and then that's when our jd's came came back in and did some of the png gigs and everything like that when we went over to japan and everything then um then we just basically ran out of beer funds so then i ended up making then we went and did osmosis that was like in 95 with the boss and there was a there was a pub right next to when we were in New York City. There was a pub right next door to it named Brews. And they had like Stones in it, Neil Young, Bob Seeger. I mean, just all classic rock, all this great stuff. So I used to go in there after we get done tracking. I'd be in there till like six, eight in the morning. They'd stay open, you know, so and we just listen to the tunes and I would go back and just jam on my acoustic. And I had like all these mellow songs I was just writing. So then uh, that's when I did the Book of Shadows thing. And then after, you know, we toured behind that, did a, you know, did, did a run with the Book of Shadows thing, but I was still writing heavy, you know, I was just jamming through my rig one day, just doing, writing riffs. And I was just like, I still love doing the heavy stuff. I'm not ready to be, you know, a singer songwriter, James Taylor, and just sit, you know, as much as I love doing it, you know, and I love Neil Young when he's sitting with an acoustic and just doing his mellow stuff. I love that. But it's just I was just like, I still want to play some heavy stuff. You know, you know, riff, Riff-oriented music, so that's basically when Black Label was born. And you know, like I said, I was playing with the GNR guys at that point, you know, because we were doing osmosis. And Axel called me up. was like, Zach, you want to jam or what? I said, Yeah, it'd be a blast, man. So, uh got together with the fellas, and I was writing riffs there. And then, like, it was just nothing. Nothing was happening, you know. And then Oz was like, Zach, I don't know whether you're doing the Guns thing or you're going to be here, but I, I, I gotta. I have to get another guitar player because I can't just be sitting around here. So I was just like, so I was, that's when uh, Joe came in the band and I was just sitting around. I wasn't doing guns or the boss. And I was just like, well, I guess I'll just, I'll just write these things, you know, and I'll just sing it myself. I just, and that's basically when Black Label was born. So right there. And then, yeah, and then and the rest is history. And now we're gone. You know-
1: I don't know if a lot of people realize, and it's even in, I, I noticed it's in the press release for the box set, that the Guns N' Roses thing, how far did that go with you? How long did you rehearse with them? How close did you get to actually joining the band?
4: No, yeah, we were just, we were jamming down. It was just, it was everybody was there. It was, uh, it was Slash, Axel, Duff, Matt. Um, who's playing? Uh, Dizzy was there. And... Uh, yeah, we were all jamming down in the in a rehearsal room and and jamming riffs. So and then went over to Duff's uh house and then demoed some stuff over there, some riffs and everything like that. But nothing nothing ever came about, you know. So I was just sitting around, I was just saying, guys, I, I I gotta play. I, I I can't just be sitting around. You know what I mean? So uh like you said, that was way before Chinese democracy ever came out. So I mean it was like around ninety-five when we were jamming. So but yeah, I'm still buddies with all the guys and everything like that. So it's just, uh, I was just like, I gotta, I gotta do something here, you know. So that, and that's when basically when black label was born.
1: Uh, you mentioned Ozzy. Uh, what do you? I what said, "Barb's uh... going to
4: leave me if I don't buy her any chocolates or any flowers. She's going <laughs> to leave." So I said, "Guys, I got to start a band. I have to go." You, are
1: you? Uh, Ozzy's... My girlfriend
4: said she needs some flowers. I got to go, fellas. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs>
1: Um, Ozzy made his last album without you and is working on another record now. And I'm assuming you're not involved in that either. What are your thoughts about that? Did you listen to the last record? And are you? Yeah, it came I out here? cool. I, I,
4: obviously, yes. Yeah. So All the videos and everything like that. It was, it was cool, man. So uh, And Andrew and everything like that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was rocking.
1: So always. are you, where are you at with him now? Like if he wants to go out and play live, you're still in the live band, yeah, right?
4: I, I always support the boss. So, you know, I, I guess my relationship with him is bigger than the music and stuff like that. I mean, boss just said, Zach, you know, him and Sharon, we're going to go out and have dinner with friends or whatever. It's like, Zach, can you do me a favor, come over here and feed the dogs. We're going to be gone for like three days. Yeah. I mean, yeah, said, whatever you want. I'll bring some milk and eggs on the way over as well. So yeah, that's my relationship with him. So.
1: So, so you're still supp- talking,
4: everything like that, text each other and everything like that. So yeah, it's all good. so
1: you're there's supposed to be dates in February in Europe that have been rescheduled a couple times. As far as you know, those are still happening, and, and you're still well, yeah, those. still
4: he's still doing his rehab and he's doing everything you know to, to get better. You got to get his powerlifting numbers back up to his squat, <laughs> his deadlift, and his bench back up to the insane Aussie numbers that they usually are. So that before he gets back on the uh, the uh, you know the competition platform. But uh, so that's about it. But yeah, also, like I said, I mean Oz calls me up. He's like, Zach, we'll, we'll jam on Tuesday, okay? We got rehearsals on Tuesday, so you know, go down there and then we go over to go over the tunes, and then off we go.
1: I never had a chance to talk to you about Zach Sabbath. For people that don't know, in addition to BLS, you also have this unbelievable Sabbath tribute, and you actually put out a record not long ago where you re-recorded the first Sabbath record, which I thought was incredible. Do you want to do that with other Sabbath records? Would you like to do others from the Sabbath catalog like that? Of course.
4: We're going to go straight to born again. That's the one. <laughs> one where it's going straight there.
1: Well, you know, it's funny. Actually, you know I love who would, that album. You know, I, th- you know I think that album phenomenal. You know who would love if you did that was probably Tony. Because I just talked to Tony a few weeks ago, and he would love to remix that record. but no, they, but they said they find can't the find the master tapes. tapes. They don't I, the tapes that's are. insane. Yeah. That's insane. How do, you, how do, you, how do they get lost? I don't know, but he might love to hear a re-record. He might want to re-record it himself with you, Zach.
4: Yeah, that's, I mean, actually, I love that record. I mean, as far as it's, it's you know, it's it's one of the dark horse albums, but I mean, I, I think it's great. You know, us as music fans and Sabbath fans, but uh, no, it just, you know, because people are just like, man, what's the Zach Sabbath thing? And I just go, well, I go, there's, there's a method to the, met- there's a plan behind the whole thing. The thing is this. Because, you know, Sabbath, they did the the farewell tour and it was billed as the end. You know, so the promoters bought the tour going, well, this is going to be the final time they are ever going to tour. So I have to get this tour. So, and they had to sign a contract that they will never tour again. So what we did is we put this Zach Sabbath thing together. So now what it's going to be is Zach Sabbath and eventually we get Oz to sing. So it'll be Zach Sabbath featuring Ozzy Osbourne. Then we get Geezer in the band. So it's Zach Sabbath featuring Ozzy Osbourne and Geezer Butler. Then we get Tony in the band. Then we, it's Zach Sabbath featuring Ozzy, Tony, and Geezer. Then we pull Bill into the mix. And then it's Zach Sabbath featuring the original Black Sabbath. And then, then they can tour again. You see what Mine I'm is saying? is Zach Wilds.
1: Mine yeah, is it's Zach Wilds. It's, a, it's,
4: a, it's an extra... <laughs> It's an extra retirement fund security blanket. Let's say in case the fellows get a crazy gambling habit or whatever and they end up broke, they just and then we put together the Zach Sabbath featuring
1: Black Sabbath tour.
4: They go door again. It's a building, it's a pyramid scheme. And they can't get sued. You see what I'm saying? Because the promoters are, well, we got the last tour. They're like, no, this isn't Black. Sabbath. It's like Prince. He changed his name. He's a symbol. You can't sue him.
1: Zack Sabbath is a pyramid scheme. It's a Ponzi scheme, folks. Yes, totally. <laughs> <laughs> if you did another album, though, where you recorded, which one would you want to do? Seriously, Born Again, or would you do something different? Hey, you got to do the second one. Got to do. So you do Paranoid. Yeah, totally. All yeah, right. But, uh, and listen, I couldn't let you go without hey, asking you, you about this. You know. I got oh. to ask you about this today, as you may or may not know, is the 40th anniversary of the release of fair warning from Van Halen. Where, where does, where does fair warning rank for you as a Van Halen record? I hear from a lot of musicians and guitar players that say it's their favorite one. Where, where are you at with it?
4: Yeah. Cause they say, well, cause it's dark and whatever like that. But I mean, uh, no, I mean, I love hear about it later. I remember the first time I heard that with uh, yeah, cause that came out in what 81.
1: Yeah. It's 40 so, years today. Uh,
4: yeah, so I, I probably just started playing, and I remember, you know, hearing that, the flanger that was on there, and I was just like, wow, what is that, you know, and I remember my guitar teacher explained, it because he had a flanger, and I was just, I thought it was the coolest thing ever, so, but the intro on that, and then, obviously, you know, with Mean Streets and everything, you're just like, "What? what is this, I mean, is is that even a guitar, I mean, you know, just like, you know, with King Edward, it was just every, every record was on almost like a box of cracker jacks every guitar player was waiting to see what new thing he was going to invent and what what he had in store for the next album and he, and he basically did that every every record there was just some new you know game changing thing that he stuck on the record but uh yeah i think i think uh fair warning is great I, you know i i It's awesome. I mean, all the songs on that record, I mean, you know, it always comes down to songs. Every one of those records has great songs.
1: I could never understand.
4: Amazing guitar. That's the cherry on the top of the cake, but you got to have a cake.
1: Right, right. See, I could never understand, and and I love the record, and as I've said many times, the first four Van Halen records, untouchable. Uh, To me, they're as good as the first four Zeppelin records. I mean, they're untouchable. But for some reason, all the guitar players and all the musicians I talk to always point to fair warning as the record. And I can't pinpoint why they talk about the sound, the Brown sound, all of that. So, so for you as a guitar player, is it your number one Van Halen record or no?
4: Well, I know a bunch of other guys. Well, they would always go with the first record, you know what yeah, I mean? Me I, too. I mean, Cause every, everything's on that. Yeah. I mean like, you know, like how uh, John Paul Jones, they asked him what his favorite Zeppelin record was. He, he said, even though he thought the production sounded dated compared to later ones, he, he thought the first one, just in, in just in regards of everything that they're about is on that record. You know what I mean? And with Van Halen, everything is that they're about is on that first record, you know, down to ice cream, man, you got the, the acoustic guitar, you got the, the goopy stuff. Then you got, you really got me. You got Ed doing eruption. You got, I mean, everything is on that record. You know, the performances, the background vocals, the songs, you know. So I get that. But, I mean, I like Van Allen too. I think that's a great one. You know what I mean? So then you got, what, Women and Children.
1: Women and Children, I love.
4: I Women and Children, to me, is the I mean, the Diver Down record, I mean, that thing's great, too. I mean, think about it. Little Guitars, I mean, there's tons of great things on that record. Cathedral, I mean, all the stuff that Ed does on that one. But, I mean, there's Full Bug. I mean, there's a lot of great songs on that record.
1: When was the you know, first so, time you saw Van Halen live, Zach? I never the first time
4: I saw him live was with Gary. In really in uh at the Budokan in Japan, getting hammered with uh King Edward the night before. And I had to do press all day. And then the next day I wouldn't we wouldn't saw him. So oh, I mean, wow. it was hilarious. But you know, but uh yeah, just sitting sitting with uh King Edward in in my room, him just Chain smoke and, and just jamming on my guitar with the, you know, with the left ball down, down around his knees, playing Jimmy Page licks the whole time. Playing Heartbreaker and everything, I was just like, This is like insane. I had God sitting in my room playing Jimmy Page licks, you know what I mean? So yeah, it was it was pretty mind blowing. Playing Heartbreaker the whole nine yards.
1: Wow. Amazing. All right, well, None More Black, the uh, the really an, an incredibly expansive box set from Black Label Society, every BLS album to date, remastered, bonus stuff, bonus discs, there's 20- Remastered,
4: reupholstered, total. re-corporated, okay. remastered. I love that.
1: In the, in the <laughs> infomercial, re-everything. <laughs> you can use it as a weapon. You can use it as a cutting board. I tweeted the link to the I'm crying with this
4: thing, bro. I'm telling you, man
1: check check if you didn't see this just check my twitter i put the link out about a, an hour ago it's hysterical the video that zach did to promote or unpromote the record it's really what it is
4: <laughs> i think by the time of the end of the infomercial people are like i don't even know what I'm, I'm supposed to buy here but anyways
1: and then <laughs> there's like uh, and watch? there's <laughs> There's a video. Also, you did a, a video for um, Heart of Darkness, which kind of a National yeah. Geographic run wild footage in there. Uh,
4: no, I told <clears throat> I told Father Justin, who's uh, Justin Wright, that was uh, doing our. He does all our videos, and you know, and the, the goofy commercials everything like that. So uh, I said, "Well, Justin, can you do me a favor? What I want to do is if you can make the video about capturing." The first day that my mommy and dad dropped me off for kindergarten at school. And that's what he came up with. <laughs> so that's the video. animals
1: eating, each other. Animals yes, eating was, each other.
4: That was my experience on the first day of school.
1: That confrontational, Zach?
4: Yeah. <laughs> that's why I always tell Bob, give me a hug. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, the video's out now. You can Side see it on YouTube. Of, you're the lucky winner. <laughs> I always tell her that one. too. So. Last thing. The draft is tonight. Our Giants, where are we going? What are we doing? What do you think?
4: Well, I I suggest maybe I don't know, Joe Namath or Fran Tarkenton come out of retirement. <laughs> and take over. That's what I'm going with. Get Randy White as a, not a defensive coordinator. Defensive line. Just get Randy White, and we'll start there. Maybe Stallback will to... come out of retirement. <laughs> Earl Campbell, to... Tony Dorsett. Let's see if we can get them. Always good to talk to you, man. All right, but yeah, forget the draft. Just get guys that we know can play. <laughs>
1: Oh my God. It never ends too much. Oh. I hope to see you soon. I hope you uh, are able to get on the road soon. Good luck with the new record. I know we'll be talking when that new record is, uh, is done. And again, everybody go to none If you want to check out everything that's in this set and you want to order a copy, uh, yeah, it, it looks like a it's wonderful incredible. hors
4: d'oeuvre tray <laughs> to impress your friends. This is the box set for you.
1: Maybe you need it for home defense. You know, yeah, without a doubt. You,
4: you want to protect you got, your family? This is, this is the box that you need.
1: You got 20 projectiles <laughs> and an opener, a metal uh, bottle <laughs> yeah, opener. Exactly. You do a lot of damage <laughs> with this thing. <laughs> Good talking uh, to you, man. Stay in touch. Best to the family, all right?
4: All right, right back at you, Father Ed. Take care, buddy.
1: All right, we'll see you there. He goes, Zach Wilde. Everybody, none more black. The latest box set, uh, or the box set, the only box set so far. Uh, but it is everything. There's nothing in there that you possibly couldn't want. Uh, there is every album from BLS so far. There is a bonus album. Like we said, there's this patch in there. There's a bottle opener. Everything's re reupholstered, remastered, re everything. As Zach just told you, and that's uh, that's available now. Again, none more black. Boxset.com is where you want to go to get your order and to get a copy of that. It is available now. Well, it's hard to ever do a really straight interview with Zach Wild because he's always busting balls. <laughs> and we're always having some fun, as we did there as well. Thanks to Zach. If you're interested in that vinyl box set, it is on sale for order now. Thanks earlier to Ace Freely and John Five as well. Hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Be sure to follow me on social media, especially Twitter and Instagram, where I'm most active, at Eddie Trunk. I got a ton of appearances coming up, folks, kicking off on June 18th in McKinney, Texas at the Guitar Sanctuary, where I'll be doing a speaking show and a show I'm going to be calling the That Metal Show Scrapbook or I'm going to go back into my archives and roll through some photos and some stories about all the years of that metal show. That should be a lot of fun, doing that live on stage at the Guitar Sanctuary in McKinney, Texas on June 18th. Go to theguitarsanctuary.com for more information about that. June 19th, I'm in Oklahoma City hosting Dirty Honey and Joyous Wolf at the Diamond Ballroom. Also join me on June 25th in Houston at Warehouse Live hosting Warrant, Lita Ford, and Bullet Boys. And June 26th, I will be in Tulsa at the IDL Ballroom, hosting Lita Ford. Many more uh, things coming up. M3 Festival Memorial, or I'm sorry, uh, Fourth of July weekend for M3. And I'll be there hosting all three days of that as well. Everything's on the homepage of eddytrunk.com as it is confirmed. And please keep an eye on social media. There's always changes and revisions. Make sure you come out and see me if I'm coming your way. And the homepage of my site and social media is where all the information is. Like I said, first up, McKinney, Texas, followed by Oklahoma City, then Houston, then Tulsa, and then Maryland for M3. That's on the immediate horizon. Great to have shows coming back. Great to have stuff happening once again. My thanks to Joel Pollack for producing the podcast. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Catch me on the radio every day if you're in the U.S. or Canada. Talk and rock with you on Trunk Nation on volume, Sirius XM channel 106, live 2 to 4 Eastern every day. Nightly re-airs 10 to midnight Eastern. And, of course, listen to anything you want, anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. Have a great week. Hopefully, I'll catch you every day on the radio. If not, back here next Thursday for another episode of the podcast.